Good morning and welcome to Faith FM. You're listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88, wherever you are. You are listening to The Breakfast Show and you're joined by myself, Lawson, and my amazing, my awesome, my wonderful, my pretty, oh, my kind, no, that's that's my... Vomit. Vomit. Vomit? Hand me the bath tank. <laughs> I can't compliment you anymore. I'm, we're, joined, we're joined by Monica. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the okay Monica. <laughs> don't, don't talk about yourself like that. More Let me you. hype you up, dude. Let me be your hype man. Let me be your hype boy. How, how are you doing this morning, Monica? I'm great. How are you? Wait, I'm I'm so good. How was your... Uh, you finished your exams? No. Is that why you're smiling so No. Good? No, you haven't? Oh, so, no. So I had an essay yesterday. Yeah. And uh, I didn't come in because I'm like, all right, I'm going to take the time and I'm going to get this done and I'm done for the yeah. semester. Yeah. I didn't finish it. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I like I I worked though, but I but it's okay. It's okay. We got today. I will definitely finish it today. I've got four hundred words to go. Okay. So I'm like four hundred words. I've, I've got this. That's like you've already just spoken four hundred words like, it, into the microphone. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so we're, we're going to get this done today, and then I'll be done for the semester. Yeah. Nice. How I'll, long's your break? Uh, basically until August. Oh. That's like either nice. late July or August. So it's You know what you should do? What? You should get a jump on semester two. I mean, so I have exams. Okay. Though. Oh, okay. I have exams in in uh in June. Yeah. But exams are exams, I don't know. Yeah. It's, exams for me are way easier than writing essays. Like just I can I can cram so hard and yeah. just and just get through. It's it's. Hey, prayers um, for all our, our students. Yeah, out there. shout Even, out students. Do you know what my favorite quote about studying is from Aristotle? He said, um, "The uh, the 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 seed of the root of education is bitter, but the fruit is sweet." So yeah, it's hard slog <laughs> to get through, but once you're done, you'll be so so pleased you push through. Absolutely. You're listening to the Breakfast Joe podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Can you hear him? He is calling you. You are listening to The Breakfast Show this morning on Faith FM. And we have our first clue of the quiz brought to us by Monica. Let's do a what number am I? Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. 0491 064 <laughs> That's the number that we are. But uh, give us the first clue <laughs> for the quiz. But the number you have to guess in order to call that number, it goes like, this is a clue for it. So what number am I? Isaac was this many years old when he married Rebecca. Oh. Do you know this answer? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Isaac was this many years old when he married Rebecca. Mm-hmm. 0491064669. Get yourself into Friday's <clears throat> Friday's row. We are fast approaching Friday. Uh, we are giving away the double set. It is the jigsaw puzzle, the one mm-hmm. with Jesus at the helm of the storm in the boat, and then the uh, the Fountain View Academy singers, like a music DVD. Really great to do them together at the same time, I reckon. I relate very personally with this number. Why? So, okay, this is a clue. This is an extra clue Ooh, right now. I love it when we do extra clues. No, no, it's an extra clue. If you stalk my social medias and you go oh. back far enough, if you <laughs> yeah. go back to 2015, you will find this number. 
Everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. All over my all over my Instagram and all over oh, my race face. Number? Yeah, it, it was, was my race old number. race number. Oh. So if you get it right because of that, let us know and then I'll know to block you. Um zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call. Oh text we've already got people getting it right. Shout out Jadel. I bet she got it because I just said uh, that, that clue. <laughs> but hey, we're gonna have some positively different news. Oh Monica. man, do I have a story and a half for you this morning? Uh-huh. Have you, um, to the, oh, this is just incredible. Um, 13 years after losing both his legs in Afghanistan, a veteran summits wow. Mount Everest, establishing a world without record. legs, dude. And not just not just without legs, but uh, so above the knee amputation. So he's a Nepali veteran of the British operations in Afghanistan, and he's become the first double above the knee amputee to summit the world's tallest mountain. So his name's Hari Budhamaga. He lives in Canterbury, and he reached the top at 3 p.m. on Friday, having started the climb on April 17th, which is 13 years to the day since he lost his legs in an IED explosion. Um, so he's actually that is a, incredible. Lyle would be geeking out over this because yeah. this guy's actually a Gurkha. Um, so anyone with a history of knowledge of history of warfare knows um, there's like a, almost like a mythical bravery and exceptionalism of the Gurkhas. Mm. Um, and Hari is one of these people. Um, but a Gurkha is a historical term for a Nepali warrior. Mm-hmm. And it's also a modern legal term for a, a, a Nepali foreign fighter that isn't considered a mercenary under the Geneva Convention. Sure. Um, so in the face of this legacy, uh, his accomplishment is perhaps to be expected, but he certainly didn't feel like it 13 years ago when he mm. was de- battling alcoholism and depression for sure. following his double amputation. Mm. He says this, he says, I grew up in Nepal up to the age of 19 and I saw how the disabled people were treated uh, in those remote villages. Many people still think that disability is a sin of a previous life and you are the yeah, burden wow. of the earth. I believe this myself because this is what I saw. This is how I grew up. He actually tried to kill himself a couple of times, um, but he eventually decided to climb Mount Everest instead. Such, like, good on him. Absolutely. Like, the human spirit. God has really placed within us a strength yeah. that, you know, uh, unbelievable. Anyway, so there's a, there was a legal summit to conquering his native Nepal before he could tackle the, the what they call the mountain so high no bird can fly over it. That's what they call it there, uh, Mount Everest. And um, disabled people have actually been banned by the Nepali government from attempting the mountain. Mm, and um, mm-hmm. and if, enough people die. They say enough people die on the journey every year, and the authorities saw no reason to risk that. Uh, but he was able to overcome that roadblock, and uh, and he prepared himself for the real quest. So um, it, he was there was a news crew waiting at Everest Base Camp um, when he got there. Uh, so he was supported by his all Nepalese team. Um, they came down after their descent from the peak, and. Uh, Go and look at the pictures. It is honestly just amazing. He says all my jackets were completely frozen. Um, even in our even in even our warm water, we put hot water in the in our thermoses um, so that we would be able to drink it. But it all frozen, so we're not able to drink anything. So he used a variety of interchangeable prosthetics, just in case you're wondering how mm. on earth he climbed with no legs. Um, which included uh, some equipped with ice spikes and others with mountaineering boots attached. Um, so it, like, just imagine a guy with like, um, legs that stop above the knees and then he's got these prosthetics that sort of fit on like cups and then they come out like, like metal rods, but then the metal, the metal rods very short. They're like, I don't know, maybe the length of a finger. And then they immediately expand into like these claw looking things, like a bird's claw, like metal claws, um, 
and that's uh, that's the uh, the ice the ice picks that he used to climb. Mm. So it's not like he had like full length legs that we would think of when we think of a prosthetic limb. He had like little stumps. Mm. Um, so he completed the mission, and uh, he says he wants to return to the spot in Afghanistan where he lost his legs in order to say thank you if he still had his legs. Um, because if he hadn't lost his legs, he never would have climbed Mount Everest. I just want to show you a pitch, some pictures here. Look at him go. Climbing, wow. up, climbing up the ice crevices <gasps> with his um, with his little prosthetic claws, and that is there's a picture of him sitting on top of um, a rock, and uh, he hasn't got his prosthetic arms, but he's holding his his regular prosthetic limbs above his head in victory. So, mm-hmm. Such a great story. This has got to be my, probably one of my favorite Everest scaling stories. I love stories about climbing Mount Everest. I'm low key obsessed with it. <laughs> I would like to climb it one day, not to the top. I'll just I'm happy to go to base camp and then. Holiday. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm starting to think that climbing Mount Everest is becoming something that everything everyone can do. Everyone can do it. What are you talking about? No, well, as in, I mean that. Okay, so the youngest person to climb Mount Everest is the the youngest person to summit it is 12. Wow. And yeah. the oldest person is 87. Uh huh. Which is <laughs> quite a big age range. I fit within those yeah. <laughs> and I have working limbs. Yeah. So I feel as though no I could excuses. do it. This is, this is an amazing story. I think what it shows is I love that how he's like, okay, I was in this rut, in this yeah. route of depression, mm-hmm. alcoholism that led to, you know, attempting suicide. Yeah. And the thing that changed for him is the gaining of purpose. Yeah, that's right. He's like, okay, I've now got, I've, I've created for myself a purpose. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go and fulfill that. I love that. When you are in a relationship with God, he mm. bestows upon you purpose. That's it, yeah. A lot of people make their purposes in, in the face of this kind of metamorphosis in life. Yeah. It's yeah. like, okay, what do I do? A, a lot of people define what their purpose is. Yeah. And that definition of purpose can be for the betterment of the world. It can be for the not betterment of the world. Um, I think in this case, like this guy's climbing of Mount Everest as an amputee, a double above the knee amputee. It's incredibly mm. noble. Just like I do believe in a sense, like people who are the, say the best at their sports, like mm. a, like Elliot Kipchoge running a marathon in under two hours. That's like a noble feat. Like that is the boundary of, you know, he's reached the boundary of human ability and, and whatnot. It's like, wow, look at how some people are so dedicated and mm. whatnot. But I think that when we align our purpose with God, when right. we when we align ourselves with God and he bestows upon us purpose and that purpose being something along the lines of share the gospel, mm. we just can't go wrong. Right, exactly. But it transforms your entire life. I know that that's happened for me and so many other people. And so if you're feeling like maybe you're in this place of like, man, what is the point? It's just... Purple, purposeless. Like this guy, he mm. went from being at the height of purpose. He's like a Nepalese warrior. Like, and this, this is something that warriors and soldiers and veterans constantly face. Like my purpose previously was to defend my country and to constantly put my life on the now line. What am I now? And you kind of feel washed and you feel like it's like, Oh, what am I even doing? I'm, I'm nothing. I'm a nobody now. Yeah. But this person, they've, they've found a purpose. They've gone and they've achieved it and they're living for it. And it's like, Oh, great. But even in his state, again, you can, we can go that next step and make our purpose following God, sharing the gospel. And not only does it change your life because it makes you happier and it, it makes you, you know, gives you something for live for something you wake up in the morning, but it changes other people's lives too. Yeah, absolutely. I'm actually kind of, you sort of think to yourself, I wonder how this story would have gone if instead of he decided that uh, instead of deciding that he needed to climb Mount Everest, that he 
needed to fulfill God's purpose. Because mm-hmm. you, know, you look at other people like um, that Nick Nick Vergic guy. Who, yeah, like, he's got limbs. like no limbs. So no yeah. limbs whatsoever, and yet he lives for God, and he's won so many people to Christ. Um, mm-hmm. You know, with his mission around the world. This, yeah, and I, he's married, has kids. Right. And, like, yeah, and his wife's like, beautiful. Just I met him once, gave him a hug. You met him. <laughs> I met him in Darling Harbour in Sydney. Oh, that's one evening. cute. <laughs> yeah. And he gave him a hug. Gave him a hug. He loves hugs. So I was like, oh. here you go, got one for you. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, if we if we make our purpose for God and. I'm bringing up a story in in the next section that's all about that. If we make our purpose for God, we can actually contribute to changing the world. A hundred percent. And changing people's lives. And it doesn't matter how many limbs you got or you don't got. Yeah. Yeah. You've got a mouth. (laughs) (laughs) You've got something. If you've got any, if you're alive, you can be a witness. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. We're going to have another clue for the quiz. What number am I? The law stated that a Jew could not receive more than this number of lashes being beaten. Mm. Rough, man. I wouldn't want any number of lashes. Mm. Um, give us a call 0491064669. Get yourself into the draw for the jigsaw puzzle and the music DVD. The law stated that a Jew could not receive more than this number of lashes being beaten. What number is that? Mm. So... Again, that number, 0491-064-669. You're listening to The Breakfast Show, and I have some news coming from, well, actually from England, but about China. And this news is that Uyghur followers of Christ have announced that they will be trying to reach their local region of Xinjiang in China. Now, Xinjiang is the region in China, as I said in the intro, it's in the westernmost and northernmost area of China. It's like bordering Afghanistan, Mongolia, all of those different, you know, Kazakhstan, all of those different um, uh, Middle Eastern areas. It's kind of like the border. Xinjiang is like the border from China to the Middle East. And that is where the group of the ethnic group called the Uyghurs live. Now, something that's particularly interesting about the Uyghurs is that the majority of them are Muslim. And because of this, they're found from the CCP, they found themselves in a position of great persecution. Now, the extent of this persecution is actually something that's hotly debated amongst Chinese people. From the outside perspective, we read the BBC and whatnot, and we're like, oh, there's millions of Uyghurs in concentration camps, which the Chinese are actually calling re-education camps, but we, uh, we know what they really are. Yeah. But from the perspective of the Chinese, like the Hun Chinese, which is Hun is like the majority of the, the ethnic group there, uh, the, the majority ethnic group in China. From the perspective of most Han Chinese, and this is just people I personally talk to um, and who have kind of showed me their social medias and how people feel about this issue, particularly um, as, yeah, the, the the Olympics were happening, you know, in 2008, but even until, until now in, in various different times. Um, there are lots of Chinese that have the perspective of, oh, no, that's just like BBC anti-Chinese propaganda. Oh, wow. yeah. And even among, because the thing that I interact with Chinese Christians over here in Australia and the Chinese Christians who are here in Australia, there's like a bit of a spectrum, right? There's, there's those who are government skeptical who have left China specifically because they didn't want anything to do with the CCP. And they're like, yes, this persecution must be happening. But then there's those in Australia that I know these Chinese people who are even Christian, um, but haven't necessarily, you know, left China because of their issues with the government more to, you know, come to Australia to be an international student or whatnot. And 
they're like, oh, no, it's it's not that bad. Oh, yeah, sure, there are these Uyghur Muslims. But, like, obviously China... China, The Chinese government is just anti-religious in general. It's not a, an attack on them specifically. And so it's, it's this real weird situation that they're mm. in in terms of the perspective, not only how the government is treating them, but this perspective of that themselves. Yeah, yeah. Now, for the Uyghurs themselves, particularly ones that are international, which were meeting in England, in Westminster, over the weekend, they are of the opinion that, yes, our people are being persecuted um, because we're Muslim, because we're a different ethnic group, and we're being persecuted by the government. Now, the question that I always come to, the point that I always come to, it's like, okay, you've got these Uyghur people, they're ethnically Uyghurs, but they're no longer Muslims, they're Christians, and they have a mission China. And the question that I immediately think in my mind is, is their mission against China, is their mission for China to fight the government or is their mission for China to share the gospel? And just reading about what they've been saying and what their plan is and whatnot to reach China, thankfully, it's to share the gospel. I'm going to talk about a group in just a little bit Mm -hmm. who are doing the opposite of that. Yeah. So just, just bear with me. But Reading about these Uyghur Chinese who have converted, they're like, this is our mission. First, we want to reach the Uyghur community, but secondly, we want to reach the Han community as well, not only to change their perspective on the Uyghur people, Mm -hmm. but to share the gospel with them, not to fight against the CCP, even though they've persecuted us so much and even though we're in this terrible position, but rather to share the gospel. And I just I just love that. Because again, I talked to a spectrum, a large spectrum of Chinese people here in Australia, and there is the sentiment amongst those who left China over the government. I, and I see this amongst them. There are those who are like, okay, our problem, the, the, the problem to be solved in China is the dissolvement of the CCP. But thankfully, I can also see amongst those people who are government skeptical, that they're like, the way to solve that problem is to share the gospel in China. Yeah. And that is governments will topple as a result of sharing the gospel. In fact, God says in Acts 17 that he's the one that defines the boundaries of dwelling, that lifts up nations and brings them low. But ultimately, someone's persecution from the government is rendered null and void if they believe the gospel, if they have the ability to share it. It was Martin Luther, in fact, who said, I b- believe it was Martin Luther. I always get this quote wrong. It's some, re- or it's it's a reformer. Yeah. Who, it, it was a famous reformer who said, said that the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the gospel. Yeah. Now, I'm we've talked about this the persecution of Chinese people, the persecution of Chinese Christians on the show before. But yeah, this Uyghurs are being very specifically targeted because of their not only their religious beliefs, which is mostly Muslim, but also because of their race. You know, this is a racial attack. Despite this, I love that these we are Christians have gone, oh, our solution to that is to share the gospel. Mm. And that's amazing. amazing. Now, there is another group of people, and I said in our show intro that we'd be talking about Shell. There's another group of Christians, not and not producer Shell, but it's like the company Shell. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another group of Christians, not in China, but in England. Uh, and they are called the Christian Climate Action Group. And I'm like, okay, Christians who are, you know, wanting to to make climate action, how are they doing that? And what's the outcomes of that? They're saying, okay, we're Christians who care about the environment. I'm a Christian who cares about the environment. 
I, I come here on Faith FM and say that climate conservation is like one of the most Christian things you can do. Right, yeah. Because that was our Stewardship, original Jesus, yeah. uh, God from, uh, our original job from God. Yeah. Was, was literally we'll conservation. Yeah. Uh, so I'm like, yeah. So, so how are you doing that? Uh, so they've been protesting. I'm like, okay, so how are those protests been going there? The Christian climate action, have they been, you know, putting up Bible verses? And, you know, have they been trying to win people to Jesus through their... I'm like, what a vehicle, right? It's like climate action is something that is so talked about, especially amongst young people. What a vehicle then to reach those young people. So how have they been doing it? Well, over the weekend, uh, there was some kind of announcement taking place from Shell. Um, and it was stormed by Christian Climate Action where they ran up on the stage and they, you know, took the microphone and they were chanting and they were saying, uh, no, you know, no faith in fossil fuels. Um, your greed is killing humanity. Uh, one of the leaders was saying, as I sang, cause they were, you know, singing and chanting, I was praying that the, uh, for the dangerous entity that is Shell to go to hell wow uh but they, they continue and they say but for the border shell i hope that they repent and spend their lives redressing the immense damage they have caused the thing that i understand as i read um as i read about what you know this christian climate action group are doing you know i have another quote here it says as a christian i am commanded to love my neighbor and the climate change that shell is deliberately fueling in the pursuit of increasing profits is killing my vulnerable sisters and brothers in places like africa i cannot be a bystander in the face of such injustice my question is is storming the stage and you know yelling that you know they should go to hell or whatever it may be is this the way in which we reach people and change the hearts of Shell that they would be that they that they would change. I think they've been quite repulsive. Yeah, yeah. Them. Honestly, yeah. I read this. I'm like, this is this is secular behavior. Yeah, this is yeah. how secular people protest. Mm-hmm. How do Christians protest? Well, let's let's look at some examples. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. What do they say when they are being fir- faced with you know their own death sentence? They say, "There is a God in heaven, and whether we die or not." We will stand for him. Mm. Did they yell? Did they scream? Did they take the opportunity to beat Pharaoh up? No. They took it and they said, we are standing for God. Mm -hmm. The next step, the next one that I think of, Elijah, you know, the battle of Mount Carmel. What's his way of of beating the prophets, you know, of, of protesting against the idolatry of Israel? Getting down on his knees and praying. And a miracle came from heaven. But then, as I mentioned before, the Reformation, what was Martin Luther's way? In, in beginning the Reformation and correcting the eras of the Catholic Church, which never actually got corrected, but led to the Protestant Reformation where people knew the truth. What was his way? He quietly nailed 99 theses to a door to let people read. They came with information, with the love of God. And so I, I'm just really hoping for this group, Asian, you know, uh, uh, this, this climate action group. I'm like, oh man, come on, guys. <laughs> Take some steps and get in line with God here. Share the gospel. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Quick announcement before we get into our next clue for the quiz is that we are having none other than Colin Buchanan on the show next Monday. Exciting stuff. Get excited. So, so if you don't know, Colin Buchanan, absolutely famed Australia, Australian singer-songwriter in the Christian space. Just an absolute legend. I know for me, I didn't grow up. Christian, so Colin Buchanan, particularly, he makes a lot of songs in the kids' space that a lot of people know, and 
I had no idea, but it, it, it didn't take me long to run into people who were like, surely you know who Colin Buchanan is. I think it's one of the situations where even if you're not sure who Colin Buchanan is, I guarantee you. You, you know, know his song. Songs. I've just found out this morning that he's the Who's the King of the Jungle guy. <laughs> that is like one of my favorite kids' songs Ever. Yeah, I love that Ever one. in the whole world. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. he's the man. He's getting it done. And we're talking to him next Monday, Monday because it's been 25 years of him releasing music. So shout out Colin Buchanan. That was him just there with Measure of a Man. Uh, give us a call, 0491-064-669. If you know the answer to the quiz, oh, which are we Mon about is the about... Concert? Is, well, before we talk about that. Okay, we're doing it separate. Yeah. Okay, so what number am I? Clue number three. The number of days the spies sent out by Moses explored the land of Canaan. Mm. Mm, the number of days the spies sent out by Moses explored the land of Canaan. What number is that? 0491-064-669. Mm-hmm. Well, 25 is not the answer, but 25 is the number of years that we are celebrating Colin Buchanan's mm-hmm. career. And uh, he is actually doing a live concert, which is super cool. And do you know what's even cooler than that? We're giving away a four family pass ticket, ticket family pass four tickets mm-hmm. to this concert mm-hmm. on a Monday's show. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be really exciting. So make sure you're tuned in to the breakfast show on Monday and, uh, and you can come along um, to see this concert. Are you going to go to this concert? I'm going to try to. Yeah, this is Of course. Of course I'm going to try to. So, yeah, 25 years. Are uh, you going to this concert, producer Charlotte? She's nodding her head. I I, I reckon she might be taking her grandkids. Is that what's happening? Yeah, she's nodding her head. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Uh, So, live in concert, uh, 25 years celebrating Colin Buchanan. Um, Make sure you are tuned in uh, because we'll be giving away four tickets, a family pass to the Australian National Tour. Mm Mm-hmm. Be really cool. Absolutely. And you can get tickets now at colinbuchanan.com.au. Mm-hmm. So make sure you are tuned. You are tuned. You are in. You are locked in. Make sure you're locked in right now because we have on the phone none other than the amazing Jennifer Skews. Jennifer, are you there with us? I'm here with you right now. Are you a Colin Buchanan fan? Uh, look, no, I'm not. I don't listen to a lot of music. I don't get <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. I do know the name, but um, other than that, I'd have to listen to his music to find out more about what it's about. Oh, okay. Absolutely. Now, but Jennifer, thank you for joining us this morning. We are talking about all things brain and mental health. What are we going to be talking about today? Well, last week we started talking about the stress brain and what happened. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Amazing. Okay. And, And we're continuing that conversation about being stressed. We are. We had a bit of a, a good response from listeners who found mm. it helpful. So I thought one of the things that would be good to look at with the brain is when your brain is stressed, what's really going on? Because science is wonderful now in that it can measure brain function and tell us a lot about the brain. So some of the things that happens with a stressed brain, uh, and you'll have to forgive me, my voice is a bit croaky. I had a sore throat, so mm. um, but I'll be fine. Um, okay, some of the things, the damage it can cause, when your brain is stressed, it can be very inflamed. In other words, it, it's like it's on fire, and this is what can damage the cells. It gathers a lot of toxins in the brain, which are like the poisons and that that aren't good for it. It can damage brain cells. There's a lot of reasons not to have a stressed brain. Um, it can cause hormonal imbalances. Um, it mm. can over-arouse or under-arouse 
because we've talked about left and right hemispheres. So the brain is out of balance when that happens. Mm. Um, We tend to go to irrational beliefs and thoughts. We're going to talk more about that at some time. Um, We get an emotional brain imbalance. So it's hard to regulate emotions when the brain is stressed. And you would know because Mm. we all know that when our brain is stressed, we're more, they say, hot-headed, which is interesting. Yeah, yeah, or we react more. Mm. You know, I'm more likely to overreact when my brain is stressed. So th- these are all indicators that we need to work with the brain and de-stress it, basically. Um, it is the precursor to mental, emotional illness and poor health on that level. Mm. Um, it causes a loss of energy. The brain loses energy when it's stressed. It can actually dehydrate and shrink. Mm. So... It's um, brain stress is not a good thing to do. So, yeah, but when you look at the other side of it, when you relax your brain, um, of course, you get much better brain balance, hormonal balance. Um, Your cells start to pick up and become healthy again. Um, You you find with a relaxed brain, you're going to your mood or won't won't keep swinging. You're not going to overreact to things. Mm-hmm. Um, your thinking is positive and realistic. You can be more rational in your thinking. You, know, you can stop and think. When the brain is relaxed, something might happen. Instead of you overreacting, you can pull back and stop and think about it or react appropriately. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> also, when your brain is relaxed, it stays focused in the present moment. When it's stressed, we look at the past and we project into the future. So this is where... Yeah, you, they're indicators that your brain's a bit stressed. If I start worrying about what's going to happen up there or dragging up the past, I know my brain is a bit stressed because I'm not in the present moment. And that's one of the keys to getting brain health back again or that balance is do things that bring your brain back into the present moment. So we're going to look at a list of those. But the brain has more energy. It's more active when the brain is relaxed. It stays hydrated and it won't do that shrinkage. It'll, it'll uh, stay at the right size. So there's lots of positives for working on a relaxed brain. Oh, so- absolutely. This is making me think. I feel like when I'm stressed, my brain just like does get smaller, like from my ability to think about things to, you know, I, I think particularly whether it's like writing essays, working in that kind of space and you're stressed and then you make um, it just, it the words that you need to do are just harder to come by. But then even I think in high pressure situations, maybe yeah, because you're stressed, you then make bad judgment calls and decisions as well, which yes. again is probably a symptom of, yeah, having a smaller brain. Well, you, it is. You feel like your brain's just not doing anything. You, It's like some people describe it like cotton wool or fudge. It's hard to get it going. Uh, and we can wake up in that space. I don't know if you ever have. Um, if you wake up and that brain fog is there to mm. have a drink of uh, hydrate the brain, get a good drink of water. Warm water's best because it helps to flush the whole system. Wow. It puts lemon juice in it, you know, squeeze some lemon in it, and that will help, again, the whole system. So Mm. hydrating the brain in the morning. Um, And there's a very good, um, it's an amino acid 
and you find it in green tea. Now, it's not good, of course, to drink lots of green tea because there's other things in all teas that we don't need an overload of. But this particular ingredient, it's called L-theanine, L-T-H-E-A-N-I-N-E, and you can buy it as a supplement. It's one of those supplements, and what it does, it helps to relax, pick up the brain energy and balance the brain. Mm. And it's something I use with my clients. I, I, I did training in nutritional medicine for mental health, and I find that's one thing that helps the brain. Um, so having one in the morning really helps the brain pick up and relax. Um, but to buy it, you can't easily buy it off the shelf, but you can buy it online. Um, another good one to relax the brain is chamomile tea. Mm-hmm. I don't, uh, and things like that, particularly if you're studying, doing things to relax the brain, a lot of herbal teas can be very good. Mm. So what do you do to relax your brain? Oh, I, I pick up my guitar and I just start oh, playing. Yeah. That is like really, I, I, so at my desk, I have like a really nice desk set up and I've, you know, got yeah. my whole set up there and I can just pick up my guitar. It's to my left. It's not like I have a, a rack there. Uh, to my left is my guitar, which is on a rack. Mm-hmm. And then to my right, I have a piano, which is just, it's like a little keyboard um, mm-hmm. that's plugged into my door. And I, I'll, I'll know like on my computer, I'll have all of my, you know, different files and whatnot. And I'll either pick up my guitar or I'll pick up my keyboard, put it on my desk and just start playing. And I'll play for like a good 10, 15 minutes. And I'm like, all right, back to study. That, that's that's yeah. usually what I do. And, and singing and just getting it all out. Also, dude, yeah. having a shower is probably one of my favorite activities just in general, like in life, not just like when I'm stressed, but like like it's it's actually a hobby of mine to have a shower. Like it's it's so good, which is good because then, then you always smell good and whatnot. But then it's, it's, it's just releases that stress so i totally agree with you though but you get to a point it's like you need to do this you like need to go okay i need to do this and it will make me more effective it'll relax me more and i'll be better for it i like going for a walk if i'm really stressed if i'm really really strung out i'll go for a walk and somehow i don't know it just feels like it gets it out of me excellent see they're all what we call mindful activities they put you Mm. in the moment so anything you do that is constructive and challenges the brain or helps it to focus, like exercise, and when you do a walk, listen to the birds, look at the trees, you know, take, be aware of the gardens around you and things like that. By the time you do that, even just 10 minutes of that is going to break that brain stress. So you don't have to do this all day. It's like you said, when you're stressed, you pick up your guitar. So it's having the tools there that go, right, when I'm stressed, this is what I'm going to do. Um, Mm. But nature is wonderful. Water therapy is marvellous. People find if they live near a beach or a waterway going walking in the water or just even sitting at the water's edge and enjoying having a sun bath, you know, all those things really help. So we have to follow these principles to relax the brain so it can work well. Mm. some people do mindful exercises. You know, there's lots of things online that brain exercises, they help to uh, focus and relax the brain. Mm-hmm. Another one's having fun, joy, laughter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making, sure you know. Making fun of Monica. You know, no, I, I, I feel it. I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm, I'm about it, Jennifer. Yeah, absolutely. It, there's, I, I've found that, yeah, just getting, just, just, 
it's all about doing something. Something that I think I negatively used to do when I get stressed is just lay in bed. I would just like shut down. I'd just go like, all right, sleep time, like something like that. But it doesn't actually solve the problem. I love that, that it's like, you feel so stressed. You're like, I'm unable to do anything. But then by doing something, if you can just push yourself, then you're in it. I refer to it as doona therapy. We go to bed and that's it. And that's <laughs> often a sign of depression. But see, one of the other most powerful tools is our spiritual mm. journey. And this is where prayer, oh, wow. meditation, reading the Bible, they're all mindful activities. And when we feed the spirit, that is really good for the brain. Mm. Um, and people, they find people who follow these principles, especially spiritually, they've done research, have a longer life, have better quality of life, their health is much better. So there's lots of positives for working on de-stressing the brain in all these ways. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, well, I, you know, I don't want to be stressed and because you'll, <laughs> you'll die younger if you're just stressed out all the time. I know I'm young right now, but again, that quality of life, we can be so blessed by God. Um, yes, and we can, yeah everything we can go on to live longer you know we look at those we look at those stories of like particularly old testament not in the <laughs> kind of like post moses era living for like 120 years and we're like oh man, how did they do that and it's like oh because they followed god it's like <laughs> that's the reality they followed god's principles and they were blessed Absolutely. with a, a, an achievable long life hey jennifer thank you for joining us thank you for telling us everything about stress and the brain this morning Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.